Hello and welcome to this Grow Beyond podcast episode today with Priyani Madan. I am very, very excited to share this talk with you um, because Priyani, she's an engineer, a mentor and also really a true role model and she has been a great inspiration to myself, which is why I'm so excited that she took time out of her busy schedule to have this very honest and deep conversation with us. In this talk, Priyani talks about how it was for her growing up in Australia as a woman of color, how she experienced racism and how she actually, despite all the challenges, built a very successful career in such a male-dominated field of engineering. Priyani has already been recognized with lots of different awards and recognition for the work she's doing in the field of engineering and also in the different mentorship roles and in the different work she's doing in various communities and with minorities. So we talk about the importance of mentors here, how important it was for her as well to have teachers supporting her growing up, the urgency of intersectionality and how we really all have to become aware of our own biases. So listen to her inspiring story, to her call to action, how we can all make a difference in this world and um, be hopefully as inspired as I am always when I uh, have an exchange with Priyani. No further ado, here is Priyani for you. So um, welcome to New Zealand, Priyani. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Your early morning, my late evening. Thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> um, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, you are an absolutely incredible woman. I know you quite well, and I know that you're doing a lot, a lot of work to to change the world, to make it a better place. And really, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. you are a light uh, in the darkness in a lot of ways. I think <laughs> I can say that. And uh, you are a successful engineer, originally from Australia and now working in New Zealand. And maybe you can tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about your personal experience. Um, what was it like to grow up as a woman of color in Australia and make it in a very male-dominated field as well in engineering? And how did you get to where you are now? Wow, okay. Um, <laughs> big question so, to start with. <laughs> um, yeah, big questions. Um, yeah, so as you said, yes, I'm a woman of color and I am I'm from Australia. I was um, born in an eastern suburb in Melbourne um, to two really loving parents. Um, both of them are from India, but they've been in Australia forever. Um, my dad did uni there um, and my mum had always wanted to daughters um so me and my sister and my parents grew up in a little house in melbourne um in a nice area and i guess um yeah i really really loved growing up in melbourne um but i think there's a lot of things that as a woman of color you struggle with as well and a lot of that is interlinked to your education and to your schooling mm -hmm. um because it was around seven when when I was learning about um, Australia's multiculturalism at mm -hmm. school and that we're all Australian. And, you know, ever since then I've kind of, you know, identified as Australian because as a kid you always want to, you know, know where you belong mm. and who you are and where you're from, um, you know. And for me it was, you and know, I'm from in. Australia. I was mm. born. Exactly, you know, you want to fit in. That's the biggest thing I think when you're a kid. Um, and 
And it was around that time as well when I started experiencing um, a lot of racism. So, um, you know, I was the only woman of colour at my school at that time. Um, and I, yeah, and then I just started realising I was really different because it started getting pointed out to me all the time. Mm. Um, and I remember, you know, going home to my mum and crying sometimes, you know, realising what was going on and when people were making fun of me. Um, I was, yeah, I was bullied a lot. Um, in primary school um, and, you know, I was wishing that I was white and, um, mm. yeah, so, that, you know, it was – it affected my school as well because when I went into high school, um, again, I was the only brown kid and I really struggled with it. Um, I went through depression um, and self-harming. Um, I became, like, more and more aware of the fact that I didn't fit in mm. um, and um, – yeah, and I guess that continued out throughout my high school and that affected my um, affected my grades. And so when I was like in year seven and eight, like it really affected my grades because um, I was just – it was on my mind all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But then I guess after that, um, you know, it's it still was there, but I just had some really, really amazing teachers um, that were really, really supportive and – that I can, you know, I can name them, you know, <laughs> to mm. this day, Mrs. King and Mrs. Van. Like they, like my year seven teacher was, she was my English teacher in year seven mm. and my English teacher in year 12. Um, and she saw that change in me and she, you know, she always had belief in me and she was always really supportive. Um, and then my maths teacher as well. My maths teachers in high school were all female um, and okay. they were all super super supportive and they were all you know they all knew that I had potential and yeah and then I guess you know it was yeah eight and nine when I started like turning around my um where I stopped letting my kind of mental well-being affect my like how I was doing at school and so I started doing really well at maths and my was my year nine maths teacher who told me that I should be an engineer Mm. um and yeah and I guess I was at an all-girls school so I didn't you know I wasn't affected by that kind of um, by the male lens of engineering mm. yet. Um, it was more about being a woman of colour. Um, and, yeah, and then I guess, um, yeah, finishing high school, I then, yeah, went to uni and I went to um, the University of Melbourne where there was lots of brown people and where I felt like I belonged a bit more. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, and where I started, you know, I did um, commerce and I did engineering um, and then I started getting really involved with Engineers Without Borders Australia, um, started involving myself in different volunteering programs. I mentored young women of colour, mm. um, you know, and I felt I started to feel like more like I belonged. Engineers Without Borders is filled with inspiring women. It just, it just changed my life. Like it was filled with inspiring women who were all, you know, in engineering or related to engineering, who all, um, you know, provided me with great mentorship. Um, yeah, and I felt like I belonged and I, you know, I grew up and I got more confident and like I still faced racism and barriers, but it was more from a place of now knowing where I belonged um, and, you know, being more secure in myself. Um, and I guess it was coming into the workplace um, where then I started realising the effect of, you know, the intersectional effect of um, your diversity and the mm. intersection of being a woman of colour and being a woman and how mm. both might impact me throughout my entire life in engineering. And, you know, I think that um, 
engineering is still very male dominated and even though they're getting more and more graduates in that are um you know diverse um it's still there's still huge barriers for women and for women of color to reach positions of leadership and you know and I don't see women of color in positions of leadership you know and mm. if you can't see it can't be it and like we mm. need you know, getting women into engineering is one thing, but getting women into leadership is another thing, and both mm. are necessary. You know, they're both linked, but you know, you need to approach both. You need you need to you know address both issues. Um, yeah, so that's like a little bit of a, <laughs> a background about <laughs> where I come from, and I guess a little bit of the struggles that I've faced. Um, I think I've been really, really lucky to have women in my life who have constantly encouraged me and uh, through school, my mom, you know, she's the first feminist I ever knew. Like she mm. knew that we could do whatever we wanted to and she never stopped us from doing anything. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, so, my, my sister, like these women that have been so incredible. Yeah. So thank you so much for also sharing these things so openly. And I mean, I, I know you well and I, I find your story absolutely. Yeah. Inspiring and amazing, especially when, people meet you today you know and see who you are and uh, probably can't even yeah grasp or think of the the the, cha the challenges you have been through so you mentioned a lot of very interesting things of course when you talked about your mm -hmm. your story and I think there's some takes like you know can't see it can't be it uh, absolutely you know we need women uh, on stages we need them in leadership positions we need them to be visible and I think that still like sometimes I'm like I can't believe we're still protesting this you know when I go to events and you have yeah. like um, 10 white middle-aged men uh, on stage so and and also what you said there about the intersection of actually two minorities right and this is something mm -hmm. I I really have to say I I never really realized it and this is maybe something sad to say or something that that for you obviously seems so obvious but that you have you have these two minorities and that it's um, because we often feel as a white woman, yeah, you have challenges, but then you think, yeah, okay, as a woman of color, there are even more challenges that, you know, yeah. you, you, you have to, um, yeah, you have to handle. And you, you already mentioned that mentorship was really important to you and that you had some crucial women um, during your career that helped you out. Maybe you, we can talk a little bit more about, like, what was the role of the teachers? What was, what was the mentorship? What was so important about it? And how do you also try to give back now in the roles that you are fulfilling mm -hmm. as a mentor? Yeah, I think that the roles of teachers and, and mentors throughout mm. your life, especially as you're a young adult, can really shape the way that you see the world and really shape, you know, your opinion about yourself, who you are and where you belong. Um, my teachers were all incredibly supportive, as I said. Um, going, yeah, I was at an all-girls school and so a lot of my teachers were female as well. Um, and whilst, you know, there were, I struggled with the school and with um, the you know, the people that I went to school with, um, the teachers were always really, really amazing and really supportive, um, you know, and I think that that, like, is why I am who I am, mm. like them and, you know, my mom and, like, the females that I've had in my life that have really encouraged me and I was I was really privileged um, to have that and I think that, you know, not, not many, not all people have that um, and I think that, um, so, yes, as you said, I've – 
been working a lot in the community um, mentoring and um, helping yeah younger younger students and so when I was in Melbourne I worked with the Sudanese community for about five or six years um, with a program called SAIL the Sudanese mm-hmm. Australian Integrated Learning Program um, so I mentored um, students high school students and primary school students from the Sudanese community through that program as well as through Engineers Without Borders we ran um, a bike program with them and some engineering workshops to expose some of the kids to engineering and science um and you know I I think it was through that like through exposure to that community and to those like amazing students that I also realized how um a lot of kids don't have that Mm. and how you know I was so lucky to have women in my life and and teachers who believed in me but um I was exposed yeah to you know, girls, you know, who were the age that I was when my <clears throat> teachers told me I should do engineering, who, you know, 14, 15, whose teachers were telling them that they can't do what they want to do. Mm. And most females that I speak to in engineering have, who have had male maths teachers have told them that they can't be where they want to be and have mm. told them that, oh, you know, it might be a bit hard for you or, you know, maybe you should try something a bit easier, um, you know, or that mm. you won't get into that class um, and that kind of attitude will hold people back and that kind of attitude holds females back from getting into engineering and getting into STEM careers and STEM pathways because they believe that it's too hard for them because someone else has told them that it's too hard for them Mm. um and I think that's why it's really important um especially for women of color um because you know they do face as you said you know the intersection of barriers they don't they're not just females they're not just people of color like they're women Mm. of color and that comes with a whole bunch of issues Mm. um which are very layered um and so that's why I think you know we need to really go out of our way to help those you know to help women and to help minorities um it was my sister who told me this quote but it was from Elizabeth Broderick who says we need to intentionally include minorities in society or society mm. will unintentionally exclude them. Mm, absolutely. Um, and is that know, maybe yeah. something because you, you mentioned STEM and you mentioned that you had you went to an all-girls school, so it's probably not the best comparison for everyone because it's already a different setting, mm-hmm. right? You, you already <clears throat> said you didn't have this like yeah. unconscious male-female thing there. But what can we do as well? Like if we think, and I want to talk about this a little bit more because a lot of the stuff you did and where you supported was out of school stuff, right? And I think it's always an mm-hmm. interesting question as well. What does society have to provide like let's say out of school with extra activities and what should school actually be able to provide as one how can we change the system how can we implement the right structures how can we change things for the better right in the system where everyone Mm. is incorporated and integrated so what do you think what are things where how can we intentionally already in schools change things for the better do you have a take i think yeah, I think like a huge part of that is being aware of our, our unconscious biases mm-hmm. and making sure that um you know being like for teachers to be and like and teachers and educators to be careful of what they're saying to young people mm. because that stays for people their whole life and that impacts the way that they see themselves and what they can do. Mm. Um you know, unconscious bias training like you know things like that where we mm get rid of those own biases that we have because we have them, we all have them, you know, Mm. and we need to change that in ourselves and to not think that, you know, the males can do certain things and the females can't do certain things, Um, Mm. you know, to encourage all our students 
to be involved in everything and you know if if things are hard encouraging them to approach that difficulty Mm. um you know i think also intentionally mentoring people that are different from us and Mm. intentionally going out of your way to support minorities um you know it yeah and and not not you know yeah i think we need to go out of our way um to achieve um diversity and to challenge our thinking And, um, you know, we need to give diverse voices equal airtime and making sure that. Mm. And I think also linking with mentoring programs. So I'm involved in a program called Brothers in Arms in New Zealand now where I'm mentoring a 14-year-old in the community. And, you know, this is an incredible program. And some of the schools actually recommend their students as part of this program. Um, So they're for students who are at risk and they basically pair them up um, they pair up a student who's under 15 with a adult in the in the community that's close by, and <clears throat> the whole premise is that you, you know, it's just about showing up and being there, and you don't have to be amazing, you know, you don't have to be like an incredible mentor, you just have to show up, and mm. it's just proving to these kids that they're worth it. Um, mm. You sign, you know, you sign a contract, you have to meet up once a week, one on one for a year, and it's really about building that relationship with this mentor, and I think you know that kind of what you can't get in school sometimes, that support and that guidance and that mentorship and that belief you can get in, um, yeah, in programs like this where, you know, you are paired up with someone in the community and it's just seeing someone who's a bit older than you who's, you know, doing well and is and who represents you um, and, you know, who can who's telling you that, you know, you can, you can get to where you want to be and, um, you know, it's one that's a, a, a friend of mine, um, her – colleague did a PhD around what students need and what kids need as they're growing up and one of that like the one of the most important things is belief and belief in Mm, them Um, and I think you know that's something we need to change in schools as well Um, and then again you know also I guess the last thing I'd say with that is also having um, like equal representation in schools and um, you know because as yeah as I said before you know if you can't see it you can't be it you know diversity in teachers diversity in you know women women of color people with disabilities people from low socioeconomic backgrounds um you know just having someone who represents you who you can who you can see Mm. um you could be when you're older yeah no i think it's amazing and i think you know this pointing out as well what a what a positive impact really how how a teacher can change a life forever and like you pointed out the two teachers Mm. for you that had such a crucial impact and I think sometimes we're not really aware of this you know of the Mm -hmm. and we also yeah we talk about a lot about the negatives of course that like you know the negative impact they can have as well and that some of your colleagues experience but really also the positive connotation and the the absolutely really life-changing impact you know that can have and and I think the belief that you pointed out this is also something I see so much and I mean the education Mm -hmm. systems in Germany Germany are not so different from Melbourne or in Europe are not so different from Melbourne. And it's not that really the belief in yourself is strengthened, right? You always see what you're not good at, right? That is what pointed out to you. You get grades and you always see what, what, what you're not good at while it's more enforcing the negatives than the positives. And I think this, you know, that you, yeah, that you grow a strong belief in you. I think that's, um, that's a very um, yeah, positive and, and strong take. So thank you so much for sharing that. One last question I would like to to talk about the mentoring. I find mm-hmm. it um, very interesting that you, you also already pointed out a couple of different programs here in Germany, for example. And I think 
it's quite European. We don't really have a mentoring culture. So when I actually mm -hmm. came to Melbourne, I was really amazed, you know, that people had mentors and that it was a thing, you know, and uh, it's very strange to me because I didn't really know about it. And now it's coming up as well here in um More and more in Germany and Europe, they're mentoring programs now as well, also for young professionals. And I also always mm -hmm. emphasize this when I work with students, with young people, I, you know, find someone, someone you can connect with and try to have an equal like relationship because we can learn from each other, right? It's not only that the older learns from the younger and that stuff. So what, how did you find your mentors or also now that you're in the industry and I'm sure you're still as a young mm -hmm. engineer also <clears throat> facing challenges How can people find mentors? What is your um, what is your take from the experiences that you have had? I have been so lucky to have mentors <laughs> that have opened doors for me. Mm. Um, as I said, you know, throughout school and in the industry, I've had um, yeah, I've had mentors that have really, really opened doors for me, who have believed in me, and I think you know, as yeah, as we talked about before, like that's just such an important thing. To have, and that's why I believe so much in mentoring. Um, Yasmin Abdel Magdid, um, who's a Australian, amazing Australian woman who's now living in London. Um, she speaks a lot about unconscious bias and about the importance of mentoring as well, and and the importance of um, you know making a determined and conscious effort to mentor people that are different from us as well. So mm. I think that like. Um, I would encourage anyone, you know, you don't have to be older than someone to mentor, you know, to be mentored by someone. You don't have to be, you know, you can have peer-to-peer -peer mentoring. You can have mentoring at all different types of levels. Mm. Um, you know, some of them, I've learned so much from some people, from so many people who are younger than me, from so many people who are, you know, the same age as me. And then, of course, from people who are older than me. Um, mm. You know, and she really challenges, um, she challenges people to really mentor someone that looks different and thinks different to you. So especially this is to, especially to leaders, um, especially in, you know, I would say in engineering where it's very dominated by <clears throat> older um, Anglo-Saxon men, mm. I would say, you know, you kind of have to go out of your way because there's mm. not as many women of color in leadership that can mentor younger women of color. So I've been mentored by, um, you know, older Anglo-Saxon men in engineering and they've really opened doors for me and, I've learned a lot from them, but they have also learned a lot from yeah. me and I've challenged them to think really differently. So I mm. just say, you know, like your mentor can be anywhere and it can be anyone and it doesn't have to be someone who, you know, is exactly like you. I think, mm. you know, it's just about finding someone that you connect with and that can challenge you as well um, and that you can learn from um, and just opening up different opportunities for people and getting those opportunities opened up for you as well. Um, you know, I, yeah, I guess in terms of like finding mentors, I'm not shy and, you know, mm. if there's someone <clears throat> that I find really amazing, inspiring, you know, um, an older, like, man or woman who I think is really great, just, you know, just starting to open up that door, asking them for a coffee and then, you know, maybe – and then maybe after, like, meeting a couple of times, just asking if they can be your mentor. I think people are really mm. flattered by that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then also, you know, really understanding the responsibility that – for me, I know I have a huge responsibility of, as a woman of color in engineering, mm. um, as a woman in the, in the world, you know. Mm. We have responsibility <laughs> yeah. to yeah. encourage, like, the next generation and to really – foster that belief in mm. them and so I think that it's really important for everyone to you know go out of their way to mentor younger people 
Yeah. Um, and older people. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and I think, you know, like you say, younger and older <clears throat> and having that, you know, um, relationship on an equal level because we can all learn from each other. So I think that's an amazing call to action already for the listeners to, to go out and, mm -hmm. and, and mentor someone that's different from them as well. And is there maybe one thing you want to share um, as the last note? I know that you once shared a TED Talk with me about the challenges of, you know, this intersectionality of being a woman and and being a woman of color so i think we could include that in the show notes and um, is there also something else um something you would recommend to read up on or some blogs or also some podcasts or something that you would recommend the people to have a listen or to have a watch of yeah i guess um for sure no thank you and I think in terms of recommendations of what to read and look up, um, there's a great TED talk. Um, that the one that yeah, the one that I sent you. Maybe mm. if you could link it. I can't. It's called yeah. um, the urgency of intersectionality, and it's about mm. the you know the intersection for women <clears throat> and um, women of color and how um, being a woman is not universal um, and how you know it is very different for women of color. Um, And the different barriers that they face um, that I'm, you know, that I'm facing in engineering. Um, mm. I would also say Yasmin Abdel Magdid, who I mentioned before, mm -hmm. she is incredible. She's incredibly mm. inspiring. Um, she's got a couple of great TED Talks about um, unconscious bias and, you know, and, and yeah, what I was saying before in terms of challenging people to, um, you know, to mentor someone that looks different and thinks differently to you. Um, I guess those are the main ones that I can think of right now. Mm. Um, if I think of some others, maybe I'll let you know. Of course. And and we can totally include it in the show notes so people can also have a look and and, and look it up. And I think um, that was some really good um, food for thought. I'm definitely taking away the, the positive impact teachers can have, the call to action to go out and mentor someone, and the belief. You know, I noted down belief really in big mm -hmm. and bold because I think having belief in yourself and giving people's well belief in them themselves i think that's just um that can really change the world so um yeah thank you, thank so, you so much, much. priyani thank you so much for spending your morning <laughs> with us uh, on the phone no and problem. um and i'm sending you the Thanks best wishes me. of course i'm sending the best wishes to to new zealand and um yeah thank you so much for your time thank you thank you so much sending lots of love across the pacific ocean <laughs> thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you got some new insights in the world of future of education and learning, some new inspiration to take away for your work and you are ready to grow beyond. If you have any questions or feedback, please email me to rona at growbeyond.com or head to our social media on online channels on www.growbeyond.com. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. All the best. You're welcome.